We've been uh, starting our services now for quite some time reading a psalm, and I've been reading backwards from the end of psalms backwards. I don't know why, probably because the first the first uh, 30 psalms get read all the time, and the last uh, 100 plus don't get read much, and so we've been reading backwards. But today I had to jump, I had to make a big jump because it just fits. And this morning you may you may re, uh, you may stay sitting, <clears throat> excuse me, while I read, because it's really long. Because it needs to be. It needs to be in its entirety. It's Psalm 22, Psalm chapter 22, beginning with verse one. It says, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me?" From the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me, they wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord, let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb, who made me trust in you at my mother's breasts. On you was I I cast from my birth. And from my mother's womb you have made me, or you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near. And there is none to help. Many bulls encompass me, strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open their wide mouths at me like a ravening ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue sticks to my jaws and and you lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. And for my clothes they cast lots. 
But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, (laughs) praise Him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify Him. And stand in awe of Him, all you offspring of Israel. For He has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, And he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard. When he cried to him, From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. He has done it. He has done it. Glory to God. He has done it. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. He has done it. He has done it. He has risen. Hallelujah. Thank you for it, Lord. Now I want to read one more set of scriptures. Matthew 28. Verse 1 says, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. And he, as he said, Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell the disciples. 
And behold, Jesus met them saying, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Father, I thank you for this day. Father, I thank you for every day that we get to come into your presence because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of what Jesus did by obedience and followed you to the cross, and then willingly laid down his life only for you three days later to take it up again, the power of, your res- of his resurrection. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This morning, as we worship you, Lord, we want to worship you in that power. We want to worship and, and lift up the name of Jesus. Because in that name, there is power. The power to change lives. The power to heal. The power to forgive sin. The power to live a life righteous before you. Thank you, Lord God, for your love towards us. that decided, even while we were still sinners, for Christ to die for us. Thank you. And this morning, Lord, that's the spirit and the heart we desire to worship from. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Jamie and I didn't work this out, but I just have it in my heart that in between each of these songs that we read something. Here's that same account out of Mark chapter 16. It says, When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought, bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And when they were there, saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe. And they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He was risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go and tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb for for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. Out of Luke chapter 24, beginning with verse 1, says, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, 
Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them as idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. John chapter 20 says, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51 says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, Then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that your death, your death, your the destruction of your body brought forth life and life eternal. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Glory to your name, Lord God. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Lord, we praise you. We worship you. And we thank you, Lord God, that you had a plan. You had a plan from the very beginning. 
You had a plan of redemption. You had a plan of forgiveness. You had a plan of hope and life. And Lord, I thank you that you did it. (laughs) You did it. Hallelujah. And Lord, we give you glory and honor and praise. Because Lord, you're worthy. You are worthy. You're worthy. Glory to your holy name. We worship you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, turn to somebody and tell tell each and every one, he is risen indeed. Glory to God. So as we read those, those accounts of the resurrection of Jesus, what were they expecting? What were they expecting? We've been talking now for a few weeks on what were they expecting. What were the Israelites expecting when, when God took them out of Egypt and He took them across the desert and they took them through the Red Sea and He took them across the desert and He supplied for them daily and they, ex- they had all kinds of expectations. But the disciples had just spent three years with Jesus. They had just heard sermons daily, probably daily, preached not just by any, any preacher, but by, the, by God Himself. They had seen miraculous moves of His Spirit. They had seen miracles, signs and wonders. They had heard His words. What were they expecting? When they were coming up to that, what we call the Holy Week, when they came in at the triumphal entry on Palm Sunday, they had expectations. But those expectations weren't met. Something else happened. Something different than what they were expecting. They went through the week, and every step of the way, they were expecting Jesus to, okay, finally unveil what they thought was going to happen, the redemption of Israel. That's what had been prophesied. That's what had been told to them through all the teachers, through all the the Pharisees and the Sadducees, all the teachers of the law, everybody all the way along had said, when the Messiah comes, He'll redeem Israel. They had expectations. Even in the Last Supper, I mean, if, if they were spiritually attuned at all, they noticed that Jesus did something out of the ordinary that didn't normally happen during those during the Seder meal. He took the bread and he broke it. He says, this is my body broken for you. Nobody had ever said that before. They could tell that there was something different happening. They could tell that something was, was changing. At the end of the meal, he took the cup and he said, this is my shed blood, my blood of the new covenant shed for you, for the redemption of sins. Wow, nobody had ever said that before. They were expecting, they could tell there's something going on here. And then the night, that night they go out to the, the Garden of Gethsemane. And they, they said, well, it's got to be any moment now, any time now, that you know, Jesus is going to reveal Himself. And then the guards came. Now they weren't expecting that. They weren't expecting Jesus to be surrounded. 
They they weren't expecting for Jesus to be taken away in bonds. They weren't expecting for Him to be taken to the Sadducees and the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, and put on trial. They weren't expecting for Him to go in front of Pilate and for Pilate to pronounce death. They weren't expecting that. Something was wrong. Something was, something was different than what they had been hoping for and believing for. And when He went to the cross, they really weren't expecting that. They weren't expecting Him to be tortured to death and to die. They weren't expecting that day to have to take His body and put it in a tomb. And they for sure weren't expecting for three days later for what was about to happen. But praise God, it did. You know, if you ever read a book or watched a movie or listened to a story or watched a play and at the end of it you go, if, it was, if I was the one who wrote that, I would have wrote it different. I'm sure they were sitting there for three days going, you know, I would have have wrote this different. This isn't what I was expecting. And on the third morning, they they were like, well, you know, the Passover is over, the, the Sabbath is over. Let's let's go back to our lives. Well, you know, part of life is taking care of the dead. Let's go out and do for his body what we weren't able to. They weren't able to embalm him. They weren't able to pack the spices around him to honor his body. They were expecting to find a sealed tomb. They even talked about it. They said, well, how are we going to get in? There's a big rock. They were expecting a smell, kind of like Lazarus's tomb. He stinketh. They weren't expecting what they found. They weren't expecting that morning, because it was just like every other morning. See, I'm a morning guy. I like mornings. I actually even like to go outside in the morning. I like to go outside in the morning when everyone's still dark out and the birds are singing and the, you can smell the dew. I'm sure they were walking to the tomb and they, could, they were going, well, it's just another morning. But it wasn't. It wasn't just another morning. And every day since then hasn't just been another day. Their expectation was once again blown up. He's risen. He's risen. Something happened. Different than what we thought. Different than the way we would have planned it. Different than the way everybody else taught it to be done. He did do all of those things. He did redeem redeem Israel. He did uh, take back the government upon His shoulders. He did do everything that was prophesied of Him, just not the way they thought He was going to. 
and praise God. That's what I love about God. That's what I love about Jesus. Even though we have it all screwed up in our mind, He still does it the way He's going to do it anyway. And He still just loves us. And you know, He, you know, he didn't, He didn't chew them out. I mean, He goes a couple times. He says, "Come on, guys! Didn't you hear the stories? Didn't Didn't you read the scriptures? Didn't Didn't He say when He was alive that this was going to happen? Oh, yeah, that's right." But the same thing happens with us every single day. We read the same scriptures. And we read the scriptures that have talked to us since that time and says, since He's risen, there is power to change every one of your days. There is power to live a different way. There is an anointing available to us because we're His children, and it's all because of what He did on the cross the death, the burial, and the resurrection is because of what He did, we can live a different life than we expected. Because every day we wake up, it's just like every other morning, right? It's like every morning you've had since you were born. You wake up, you have some things you have to do, whether it's school or work or whatever it is, and you just you get about your day. You start doing it. The expectation is that's just another day. No, it's not. It's not just another day. It's not just another situation. It's not just another problem. It's not just another catastrophe. It's not just another sickness. It's not just... It's different. Because He's risen. Because He rose. Because He rose from the dead. And He changed it. Every day you wake up is different than what was supposed to happen under sin. Under sin, you were to wake up every day and lose. Every day and die. I mean, even death in itself, even in that, the, the, the inevitable situation of death, death has no sting anymore. It's changed. It changed. And our outlook on it should be different. And it is different. Because we know that no matter what it's like today, He lives. He lives. So what are you expecting? What is your expectation today? Turn with me to Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verse 7. Philippians 3, 7 through 11. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For His sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, 
but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and may share His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. That by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. We not only can hear about the resurrection, we can not only study the day He rose from the dead, Resurrection Sunday. Now, just to tell you, on the calendar it's not today. It's right around Passover, which is later, I think, than it is in the Western world. Passover isn't happening yet. Purim just happened. But that day, we can study that day. We can, we can understand the, 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 the layout of the day. We can understand who did what and who said what and who was where. And we can study that and we can know the, about the resurrection. But there is a huge difference from knowing about the resurrection and knowing the power of His resurrection. That power changes everything. And that power didn't just happen one morning. That power wasn't just there to raise Him from the dead. That power wasn't just there for Him to come out of the tomb, to roll the stone away, to do all the things we hear about that day. That power is available to you every day from that day forward. So what are you expecting? What, do you, what, are, what about the resurrection? Do you understand more today than you did yesterday? That changes everything. Paul said that everything else he knew, he, he had grown up learning about God, he had, he had studied, he had understood, you know, stood, understood from the best teachers about God, about the Word, about you know, the, 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 the Scriptures, and he studied under the, in, the, in the best schools, and he did all those things. He says, all that's rubbish compared to what happened at the resurrection. It all changed. All the, all the goodness, all the, 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 the righteousness, all, the, all of the obedience, all the things that they did daily. And from the time of the Babylonian exile, they did it. They, they got the whole idea, no other God before me. Okay, we're before you, you know. They didn't want to go that route again. Okay, we get it. From that day forth, it was one God. They were, they were monotheistic. So they just dug in and they studied. They wanted to serve God flawlessly. And this is how we're going to do it. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Do this. Do this. Do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. Da 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 da. And then Jesus came along and messed it all up. Because it wasn't righteousness by law, it was righteousness by what he did that weekend. It's righteousness based upon the power of the resurrection. The power of the resurrection. The resurrection had power. And not just power to empty the tomb. 
not just power to save us from our sins. Praise God for that. Praise God for that shed blood. But He gave us power. There's power that is still happening from the resurrection that is for today. And not just for you, it's for others. The disciples, after, after they finally got it, oh, 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 I get it. Wait a second, oh, well, yeah. They did the same things Jesus did. They went about doing good. And releasing all those who were oppressed of the devil. They went about healing. They went about teaching. They went about ministering and, and serving. They went about extending that kingdom unless a kernel of wheat fall to the earth and die. It will just stay a kernel of wheat. Jesus had to die because when He died and then rose again, and then others' lives started being regenerated by that power of that resurrection, then one became, th- became twelve. Twelve became 24, 24 became 100, 100 became 5,000, 5,000 became, it began to grow. The seed, that seed is, it's the purpose of it is to grow. It's never about, just about me. It can't be. It can't be about just my sins are forgiven. Whew. Okay, let's go on with today. So what are you expecting? What is it that you're, that you're looking at the resurrection and how does it affect your life? It should completely turn your life upside down and change the way you view every moment of every day. And when it does, when it does, when we finally have that breakthrough moment like the disciples did, our life will affect others with the same power, the same anointing, the same message that Jesus preached, that Jesus spoke. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter two, beginning with verse one. This is Paul speaking. And he said, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now I don't know about you, but I know me. And I know that those series of verses right there are the scariest 
series of verses in the Bible. I don't know if you've ever thought of them that way. But those right there are the very verses I read and I go, wow. Because what I've been doing for the last 10, 15 minutes has been plausible words and words of wisdom. I've been saying things to convince you that there's more to this than the everyday life that you're just relegated to. There's power. There's a difference between talking about the power and walking in the power. It's totally different. It's completely different. The teachers of the law, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the priests, talked about God day in and day out. They even put that word into action. They sacrificed and sacrificed and sacrificed and sacrificed. They went through the ritual. Everything written in the law, man, they were just, they they were, they did not want to mess up a bit. So they were pinpoint accurate on the things that they did. They were so good at it, man, they, they actually started getting proud going, man, we don't, we don't miss a beat. Every one of our services are perfect. Right on time. Said the right words, did the right things. Obviously, God, God's going to be happy with us. You know how God's, how do we know that God is, is, is happy with us? We didn't die. Because there were people who did things wrong and died. God struck him dead. So we know God, we're, God's our hand of blessing is on us because we didn't die. They spoke all those words. Yet when those words came to life, they missed it. Why? Because they missed the power. Sins are not forgiven because of the bloods of sheep and goats. Sins are not forgiven because you didn't walk over the legal distance on the Sabbath. You're not righteous because somehow, some way, some somebody prayed a prayer for you that just you know covered everything for you. They missed the power, the real power of the words. And it was right in front of them the whole time. Is it possible for us to do the very same thing? Is it possible for us to go through the motions and miss the actual power that was sent for us to be to, to operate in? That's why these verses are they're scary to me. Because he said it's not about the words, guys. It's not about the great sermon. It's not about the convincing argument or the, or the discussion of ideas. It's about the power of God. It's about the actual power of the anointed one and his anointing 
manifested in people's life to change that life. What were they expecting? Those disciples were expecting the natural. They were expecting a dead body. They were expecting... A full tomb and, and, and an unmoved rock and a, and a smelling body. But what they found was the power of His resurrection. The power. That power is still available today. Actually, it will still be available throughout history, throughout eternity. But it's available to us right now. And by just using plausible words and great arguments, we diminish the power of His resurrection. And that's wrong. Do you see me painting myself into a corner? I'm convinced we need to start painting ourselves into a corner. I'm convinced that, yeah, we need to talk. Yes, it's through the foolishness of preaching, but it's also about the manifest power of God. It's about the healing anointing that Jesus walked in and He said, greater things will you do. Oh, yeah, well, what He really meant by that was that, that you know, between the, all of us, all of us together, around the whole world, there will be more things that will happen than with Jesus. And so you see, with, with everybody included, you'll do greater things than He did. That's a plausible argument. What are you expecting? Well, his death... His resurrection brought us salvation. And everybody, everybody accepts that. Everybody can grab a hold of that. Yes, it brings us salvation. That means, that means I'm not going to hell. As long as I put my faith in what He did, I'm not going to hell. My sins are forgiven. But do you know that salvation is not just forgiveness of sins? Salvation, the word salvation, where, the, where they get the word salvation. I'm not a Greek and Hebrew scholar, so I won't even fake it. But I know that the word salvation is not just forgiveness of sins. The word salvation means so much more. It means wholeness of life. Wholeness of body. It means wholeness of, of mind and spirit, peace. It means nothing missing, nothing broken. It means completely repaired existence. A human being who is completely brought back into the fullness of how God created Adam and Eve. That means healing and provision and peace and protection, and 
that salvation, that power of His resurrection, yes, praise God, it was for sin. To redeem us from sin. Praise God for that. that there's no other way we can get in be- other than that. But it's so much more. And we need to start painting ourselves into a corner. <laughs> and relying upon Him. Because... I've had this thought going through my head for quite some time now. How many of you, how many of you helped Jesus endure the cross? How many of you helped Jesus give His life willingly? How many of us helped God raise Jesus from the dead? Exactly. Exactly. How many of you can help God heal somebody? None of us. How many of us can help God bring somebody to salvation? Well, yeah, I mean, we could argue that He, you know, we say the words and I'm helping Him, but no, He can use a donkey. And he says, if we quit doing our part, the rocks will cry out. And I guarantee you, when the rocks start crying out, people will get saved. We benefit for being a part of it. We benefit for co-laboring with Him. We benefit from preaching the Word. But salvation is up to Him. We benefit by stepping out by faith and praying for the sick. We benefit from obeying Him and praying for a miracle and having it happen. We benefit from that. But He could do it without us. It's not your power. It's not my power. It's the power of the resurrection. It's time to paint ourselves in the corner. I want to pray for the sick this morning. If there's any sick among you, the Word says, let them come. By the confession of their sin, by by the laying laying on of hands, and by the anointing with oil, they shall recover. It's time to, time to paint ourselves in the corner and to step out. Amen? If there's anybody who would like prayer for healing, please stand. Please come on up. Jamie, can you play? If there are any who would like to paint yourself in the corner, come on up and pray with me. If you're coming forward to pray with us,
pray, pray with me? Start on the other end and pray this direction. Who'd like prayer? Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for freedom. Thank you for your freedom, Father. Thank you for your freedom. It's for freedom that he has set us free. And the restrictions that the curse, that death, that sin has put on individuals' lives can be, can be and are broken in the name of Jesus. The anointing, and only the anointing sets us free. I speak freedom over Elizabeth right now, in Jesus' name. Freedom. Freedom from that curse. Freedom from that thing that lifts its head, lifts its name above the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Freedom. Freedom for her. I speak freedom to her body. To operate the way God intended it to operate. Freedom. Freedom. It's for freedom that they're set free. It's for freedom. We declare freedom from the curse. We declare freedom from the law. Freedom to live a life that God intended. Freedom to this body. Freedom in every way. Freedom. In Jesus' name, be set free. In Jesus' name, be restored fully. Full restoration. Full restoration. Full freedom. Freedom. Freedom from the lie. Freedom from the curse. Healing. Healing to this body filled with the anointing, anointing that sets her free, that destroys these yokes of bondage. Healing. Healing in every way. Healing. Healing. <laughs> Healing. From back to front. From back to front. Significant. I heard from back to front. And I said, well, the soles of his feet. And the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit said, from the back to the front. Healing. From the back. Somebody lay hands on his back. Be laying hands on his back. From the back to the front. All the way through. 
all the way through. And, 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 and. Fill in the blank, John. And. Amen. 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 Full. Full recovery. Full. Full. Healing of eyesight. Now, I, there's things that I know in the natural. There's things that I understand. There's things that I've prayed for and believed already. There's things that I know. So, Father, we pray for his eyesight right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, his eyesight has been prayed for. We've agreed. We, we know. We've spoken. Father, I thank you for his healing right now in the name of Jesus. Full recovery of sight for the blind. Full recovery. But Father, I speak to the rest of his body right now in Jesus' name. I speak to the rest of his, I speak to this heart and I say operate right. Operate correctly. In Jesus' name. Full healing. Full restoration. When you go, you're just going to go. Amen? Amen. Strength. Strength and restoration. Fullness. Fullness of your healing. Fullness. Glory to your name. All the way. All the way. Every bit of it right now in the name of Jesus. Healing. Heal everything come in line right now in the name of Jesus. Line up. Line up. In line. In order. Working the way it's supposed to. Healed. Healing. 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 Complete restoration. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we're going over the edge. That we're going over the edge. That we're not staying where it's safe anymore. We're going over the edge. Follow me over the edge. Let's go. Let's go over the edge. Healing. Healing. Healing to your body in Jesus' name. Every bit of it. In line with the Word of God. In line with your anointing. In, in line. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. More than able. More than able. More. There's more than enough anointing in one mustard seed to destroy all, to destroy all of the afflictions. All the works of the devil. I speak life. 
I speak power. I speak your anointing. Life. Healing. Father, I thank you that it's your anointing. It's not my anointing. It's not even my words. But it's your healing power. It's your anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage. It's your words. It's your truth. Healing to that knee in Jesus' name. Healing. Restoration. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. I speak healing and life to your mortal body. Speak healing and restoration. Miracle. Miracle working power of God. Miracle working power of God.
full. Fullness of life. Fullness of height. Fullness. In Jesus' name. there's really never any good time for to receive an offering after worship I'm thinking skip it let's just keep let's just keep going with the word you know let's just keep going with the anointing and now I get here I'm like gushers have offered envelopes they'll give them to you make out checks sorry it's not about it's not about money is it It's not about offerings. It's not about things. It's about Him. It's about His anointing and His power. It's about life. Thank you so much for your continued giving, Lord. I just can't, I can't, I can't thank you enough for all that this group of people, this body does and has done. We have the The architect is working on the designs of the classrooms and beyond. Just to give you an update of where that's at, he's going to have something ready for us by Thursday of this week. Then we'll have a meeting with a group of folks, a committee, who's going to look over those plans and make suggestions. He'll come back with a second draft, and after the second draft, we'll, we'll show you guys, show, show everybody, we'll, just, we'll have it uh, to share. So that'll be a couple more weeks, <clears throat> maybe two weekends, we'll see. But it's moving forward. Thank you so much. It's just, it's an it's a amazing blessing. Yes. talking about you were talking about that there's not really a good time to receive an offering and we had worship and then the word i just wanted to say that there are people that came prepared to give today as an act of worship amen and you not allowing that would be wrong so thank you so i should repent no i'm just saying no because you did but i'm just saying that i think sometimes we get hung up on the finances and not wanting to always be on the receiving end. So what an awesome opportunity to get to be on the giving end this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. So that's coming up. A couple of quick announcements. Uh, next sun Saturday, next Saturday we're doing the the security training. Everybody's invited to have some fun and and uh learn some really cool stuff, but also learn how to, in case anything ever happened here, what we could do. And that's, so that's security this Saturday. Well, it's coming up, so it's the next Saturday that we come to. I know, the English language is tough for me. But it's the most recent one coming up from 9 until noon. It's just come, there's no cost. Uh, there's also no food, no anything else. So bring, bring water to drink. There, there's water here, but... Come on out. It'll be a great time. Wear comfortable clothing because you'll get to do fun stuff. Uh, 
we're going to have, my, my goal is to have uh, four or five of my big friends with, uh, with uh, um, suits on where you could actually beat them up. It should be fun. And they'll, they'll enjoy it. I t- I've told them what we're doing. They're like, yeah, I'd love to help out with that. So strange people I hang out with that like to, but the whole idea is, a, uh, is an active shooter type situation and how to, how to deal with that, what we as a congregation should know and do. There are, I'm already getting phone calls and emails from many other churches, many other people who are coming from other places, and so it'll just be a great day of training and great fun, but wear comfortable clothing and bring some water, and we'll have you out of here by noon. Um, along with that, the motorcycle uh, ride uh, crew, uh, Larry, uh, asked it, because he wants to be here for that, so they're canceling the motorcycle ride for this Saturday morning so that everybody can come to this, so that he can come to this. If you want to come, you can. But that's uh, going on next Saturday. We have tons of classes coming up. The bulletin is full of good information, things that are coming up on Wednesday nights, things that are going on, continuing on on Wednesday nights. Uh, so please avail yourself to that. Is there anything? A ladies' retreat, a ladies' uh, tea is coming up. There's a sign up out on the table, and also the women's Bible study uh, kicked off this last Friday. But you can, they, they more than likely you can still jump in. So. Be a part of that. All kinds of exciting things going on. Please avail yourself to it. Read your bulletin. Uh, and uh, we, we, there's all kinds of stuff. Let's pray, and then we'll receive the offering. Father, we do thank you. Lord, you're so good. Your word says that you love the world so much you gave your son. And so, Lord, as we, we give this morning, this is nowhere close. And it doesn't even has nothing to, nothing to do other than the fact that we trust you with every part of our life, including our finances. And Lord, as you lead us, as you guide us, we'll continue to, to, to give and to see the things in the natural change and that we see heaven on earth. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as soon as the offering is done... Um, Enjoy your family today. Enjoy your time together and, and enjoy the real reason. Amen? The reason for the season. Hallelujah. You have a soul you want to sing while the offering is being received? Oops. Just asking. Just asking. Right, you want me to sing? See, the harmonica, if I had my harmonica, we might have a chance. But Let's all stand. Father, I do thank you for this day, for your word, for your truth. Thank you, Lord, it goes deep and that each and every one of us goes over the edge. Each and every one of us, because it's going to take each and every one of us to walk out the fullness of what you have planned for us, for our lives, for this area. For the people that aren't even saved yet, Lord, it's just going to take all of us to walk out your plans and purposes for this valley. Lord, we thank you for it. Bless each and every person today, every person that can't be here because they're traveling or for whatever reason. We speak healing to anyone who's not feeling well today. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.